Hi, welcome to the Dreamcatchers. We are sisters and business partners, Marissa Klein K and Jamie Klein Stozer. We know a little something about dreaming big. In our day jobs, we run the fashion and media division of our family staffing firm in New York City, Choice Associates. We have built a brand around helping others and good energy. Known in our personal and professional worlds as lightworkers, igniters, and most of all believers, Jamie and I are not only dreamers, but we are doers, and we hope our energy is contagious. On this podcast, we will be chatting to each other and to some of our favorite dream catchers, the people who inspire us not only about career, but about making magic wherever they go. On What's Your Story, we will focus on real people with killer jobs and talk about how they got where they are today. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe now and follow us on social media at Dreamcatchers23 for updates and episodes. Welcome back to the Dreamcatchers podcast, everyone. Um, I am Jamie Stozer, my sister Marissa Klein. What do you go by on here, Kay? No, I'm Klein. Klein. Sorry, Klein. Kay's for married people only. Right. And especially right now, it doesn't matter. Right. Oh my gosh, that's so that's so true. Um, we are here today at Shared Universe um, for an episode of What's Your Story with our dear friend, neighbor, and colleague, and friend, <laughs> and all the things, Jen McCaskill, who we're going to have introduce herself in just a second. Thank you to Ming for having us today. Also want to just take a minute to thank our sponsor for today, which is Mod 39. Did you see my new shirt? Is it the one with the floral sleeves? Yep. Oh my God, I it's love like it. Knit, it's just like knit down the front. Perfect. And then just super fun on the arms. And where did you get it? From Jess and Adrian, obviously. Okay, so, so Jess and Adrian, for those of you who don't know, are the founders of Mod 39. Each of them have 20 years of experience of leading fashion brands and yep. curating amazing stuff like for Saks people and like us. The runway. Um, I think they met at Sex. They did. Yeah. So they launched Mod 39. They curate the most amazing stuff and put it on their website and on Wearable, Instagram. Attainable, fun, new, different, impulse. Check them out on Instagram at shopmod39 or their website, shopmod39.com for what we promise to be Dreamcatchers approved amazing clothing. Brand crush. Brand crush. Okay. So if you see me looking down, it's because I'm sharing this to to places. But welcome, welcome. We have not done a What's Your Story in a while, which is our arc of our episodes that really just unpacks somebody's full story. Sometimes we do an issue that we want to talk about or something that's currently kind of on our minds. But today we're going to talk about Jen's story. So welcome, Jen. If you want to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience, tell us who you are, what you do, and then we'll start our interview with you. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. If I had had more notice, I would have got on a diet had I known <laughs> we were going to be on camera. <laughs> Hope you have a filter. <laughs> uh, my name is Jen McCaskill, and I am a divorce lawyer. I have my own law firm, Law Office of Jennifer McCaskill. We only do family law, divorce, custody, parenting time, all the really fun fights that I really enjoy having. I've been a divorce lawyer for 20 years. I'm a mom of three. I've got three kids. I have a senior in high school, a freshman in high school, my daughter, who's like makes my gray hair turn white. And then I have, um, as you guys know, Trevor, my my fifth Trevor. grader who just turned 11 yesterday. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, happy birthday Trevor. Trevor. Oh, he turned Love 11 you. on our fourth podcast anniversary, which we realized came up in our Facebook memories yesterday that t- four years ago yesterday was our first ever podcast release. So happy birthday to Trevor and to the Dreamcatchers. Um, By the way, we have... Um, 
Oh yeah, we have a little sparkling rosé. Cheers, cheers, cheers to that. Cheers to happy that. birthday, Trevor. Thank you. In our and solo congrats cup. on your four-year anniversary. We had the pink sparkly bottle from my friend Wendy at One Hope. Hi, Wendy. Yum. Hey, Wendy. Okay, so we're gonna dig deep into your story. We think we actually, funny enough, have been wanting oh. to interview Jen. So good. Um, needed it. So we wanted to interview Jen for a while. And literally what happened was we were here the last time and bumped into her on the way out of the building because her office is in this building. We're like, hey, Jen, let's get you on the podcast. Talk about so, a reminder. Yeah. Talk about a live action reminder. So we are so happy to be here today with you. Um, our first question is always our favorite question. And I know just full disclosure, our guests get to see our questions before we ask them. But um, so she may have had some time to prepare her answers. But Wanted to kind of start, because we really believe that everybody's story starts when you're a kid, right? We obviously are all moms. We're watching our kids kind of, we talked offline before we came on about our children and their behaviors already, and we see who they're becoming as human beings at a very young age. So we really try to talk about how the dream, the dream job, the what you're meant to be when you grow up starts at a very young age. So do you, what's your earliest memory of what you wanted to be when you grew up? Because I'm guessing a divorce lawyer was not the answer. No, it actually was not the answer. Um, what I, my first memory of my mother in front of all of her friends saying, tell everybody what you want to be when you grow up. And she was like waiting for this fabulous answer. And I was like, I want to be a dinosaur. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. (laughs) Have we accomplished this goal? What does it mean to be a dinosaur now? I have have, have no no idea. Forever old. Old. Large. (laughs) But, you know, on occasion, I might eat somebody up. Definitely. (laughs) Old and large. (laughs) Old and large with short arms. Old and large, short arms, and can be very vicious. Yeah. What was your reason behind wanting to be? I I have no idea. I think think it probably, if I really had to think about it, maybe because they were indestructible somehow, Mm -hmm. which would make sense to me for my childhood because it was precarious. Sure. Okay. I also so, think you could have been a, a like a radio announcer. You have a great voice <laughs> on here. Thank you. Or a sex phone operator. <laughs> yeah, or that or too. That. Or that too. Okay. So tell us, um, where did you grow up, by the way? So I was born in Arkansas, actually. No way. Yeah. So my it. my mother grew up in Highland Park, which is in Middlesex County, and then she went to college in Arkansas. She followed her older sister, went to Arkansas, met my father. They were married at nineteen and divorced at twenty. Wow. And then she stayed. She stayed until I was 11 and then um, got out of a, a long term relationship. And then we moved back home to New Jersey or my mother, my mother's home when I was in fifth grade. Oh, so in fifth grade. So you lived in Arkansas until yeah. you were like 10, 11. 11 yeah. Wow. That's wild. Yeah. Do you consider yourself like a little bit Southern? Well, you know, it's really funny because anytime I speak to somebody from the South, my accent comes right back. Sure. As mm-hmm. if as if it never left. Um, and yeah, I mean, when, when I go to the South or travel to the South, I do appreciate how nice everybody is and yeah. how friendly everybody is yeah. and and the warmth and the much slower pace um, but I would say I'm definitely more of a northeasterner. I'm, sure, I don't have enough patience. I um, I, I you are very northeastern. <laughs> I would never. <laughs> right. If you like, paid me like, like in down. solo cups, spoke. I would have been like, yeah. no fucking way, you're yeah. from the south. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's yep. wild. I've only I've never I actually I don't know anybody from the Arkansas. Only people I know from Arkansas are work for em- Walmart. Well, yeah, Walmart. <laughs> but um, we're Emily's 
Emily's cousins. Oh, yeah. Other than that, Emily's I've actually cousins. never been to Arkansas. I've been to a lot of the other ones. It's beautiful. Dave goes, yeah, beautiful. Dave has to go for work to Arkansas or he used to go a lot Bentonville? Um, to Bentonville um, and always Bentonville? says it's beautiful. Is Bentonville. Bentonville? Oh, Bentonville. They're literally the, like next door to each other. It's beautiful down there. It really is beautiful. Okay. So you grew up till fifth grade. That you wanted to be a dinosaur. I did. Okay, so talk us split at one, at like one, one year old. So I actually I was about five months old. Wow. Okay. And then that was it. I mean, I'm I'll be fifty three next month, and I think that I have met my father in person. I don't know, maybe fifteen times. Wow. And and the last ten have been within the last twenty years. So really, more as an adult, not really as a child. Maybe five times throughout my. My entire. But did you have a stepfather? That's what you're saying. I have a stepfather now. Got it. Right. So my mother got remarried 30 years ago. Actually, Mm -hmm. when I was 23, Um, she got remarried, and he. So in my mind, right, I'm I'm a child of divorce. I've never really had a relationship with my father. I don't really know him very well. Um, Is he in Arkansas? No, he's actually now he's in South Carolina. Okay. He's remarried. He's and he's happy, and we do have a relationship now. what was your question? I'm sorry, I just no. I was just asking if um, they were kids. Yeah, they, they were. were kids. They were total. They were. They were total kids. I mean, and, and back then, I was saying, do you have a 69. stepfather? That was my question. Yeah. Oh yeah. So my in my head, I have a father who's my father, and in my mind, that means you know biological. In and then in my head, dad is the name that you earn. So my stepfather is my dad. Mm-hmm. Who's been in my life for the last 20 years, uh, 30 years. And, it, you know, he came into my life as an adult, but he has definitely earned the, the title of dad. That's which so was, nice. which was Shout cool. out to him. I yeah. Hope yeah. I hope cool. he listens to. Um, we're also children of divorce. We have a little bit of a um, unique storyline in that we have a very strong relationship, I guess, with both of our parents and they have a decent relationship with each other. Depends on the day. Um, they both listen to this, so we're going to keep it like yeah. top line. Keep it light. Um, keep <laughs> it light. Um, but they know. They, they get it. Um, my dad just got remarried like two years ago. Oh, wow. Just got married. And my mom is not married. Um, but we are fascinated by the work that you do. Uh, my parents did it much more like just between the two of them didn't really go to true court with all of it. That's good. Um, Which I think looking back as a grown up now, as a, as a mother, you know, I wonder if, you know, God forbid I had to go through the things, what we would do, but you know, worked in our favor. Mm -hmm. And I think they, they were able to split in a very amicable way that way. Usually if people can resolve their, issues right around divorce which is very difficult nobody ever gets married thinking they're going to get divorced and it's it's a sad Except for us right? yeah. yeah it's like a sad thing um even when it's the right answer but if they can resolve it between themselves especially if they have children then that only benefits the children i think you would actually appreciate this sentiment which i hope my dad listens usually we have a standing joke he always calls me like while i'm live because he like doesn't know what i'm doing (laughs) so he's probably just going to call me he's definitely not listening but might listen that i actually credit my parents divorce for the relationship i have with each of my parents because i don't know anyone literally anyone still to this day that could say that they went out to dinner with their father three days a week at nine years old like who does that no one goes to dinner with their parent alone my dad would take us to dinner and stay in our lives like to a next level degree because of his OCD and just in those years yes it's different now it's It's different now and it makes all the difference yes we like had like individual strong relationships 
because of the divorce. I don't know that I would have ever gone that, out to dinner with my dad like like that three days a week. Anyway, I digress. Well, no, but actually that's that's true. So what happens is a lot of the times people are very unhappy in their marriage and one parent just kind of is works too much or is gone too much because they really just don't want to be home. Mm-hmm. And that negatively affects the relationship with their children, obviously. And I see time and again the the parent who may have been somewhat absent during the unhappiness becomes a better parent after the divorce. Yeah, I could believe that. Fascinating. It yeah. really is. No, it really so, happens a so lot. Somewhere between to dinosaur <laughs> and New Jersey. What turned, I mean, obviously, I don't think it takes rocket science for us to deduce where some of your innate interest came, but I'm curious how you get to, and I mean, we wouldn't normally speak about this kind of personal stuff. You know, we talk personal, but not like this so openly, but I really um, immediately am drawn to the foundation that you come from and obviously the work that you do. I mean, two plus two equals four. But so where, where did you, where did you, what did you want to do in high school? Like what happened next? So I, you know, in in high school, I think I wanted to be an archaeologist, which still dinosaurs again, but but I think when I think (laughs) paleontologist was next, when I, when I think about it now as an adult and after like 15 years of therapy that I started in my twenties, I think it was more like somehow knowing that I'm going to have to deal with my past. And I needed to like dig some shit up. Yeah, to look really at you making these correlations. Kind of, or your therapist, really, I like yeah, that. Just to, to just to dig it up. Um, and I do think that just professionally, people end up doing either like something they want to understand more, or something like that they that they needed. Um, and for me, I definitely, mm. on the one hand, I understand that if my mother had had me as a divorce lawyer or a divorce lawyer like me, um, my life as the child would have been a lot better. Mm. It definitely would have been a lot better. So that definitely drives me because in my mind, it's not okay when dad leaves and then all of a sudden there's no money to buy food or the, the lights are getting turned off because dad has left and there's no money. I mean, that was my personal situation. It's not always dad um, that leaves or dad who makes the money. But but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I hear what you're saying. And I think I also really needed to understand deep down. Um, and I wasn't aware of this at the time, obviously. Um, I really needed to understand when people got divorced and why a parent just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I really. How can you just, comprehend that when yeah. you're young? You can't. You can't understand it. You can't understand you can't. until you're an adult in your own relationships. So how did you start? studying it like what what ended up happening did you did you know you wanted to go to law school so you know it's really funny okay so i this is you guys are gonna laugh at this because all my friends do um so when i went to college right i go catholic i went to that was where i went to law school okay i'm sorry i went to gettysburg oh oh nice okay um i had gotten an academic scholarship the time my mother was working two jobs and had no money and she was like get in wherever you want and i'll figure it out and i was like okay um and (laughs) you know so i took the best offer that was that was offered to me. And I went to Gettysburg and it was like where I was meant to be. And I was actually a German major. What? I know. I know. I'm like <laughs> full nerd. I know. I present a lot cooler than I actually am. I um, I was a German major. Do they offer that? Like they do. language, yeah, language yeah. major. So like I was a, I was a German major. I was a women's studies minor and I was going to go and get my PhD in German and I was going to become a college professor. And instead, I moved to D.C. and became a bartender. <laughs> right. <laughs> my mother was thrilled. <laughs> Is your birthday on the cusp? 
I'm November 16th. I'm a Scorpio. Okay, you're Scorpio. But you're cold. Okay, so you're a, you're not cuspy, but Scorpio makes more sense. Okay. 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 And then, so I always knew that I wanted to go to grad school. I didn't know for what, but I knew I wanted to further my education. Um, and I was bartending and then I was working for this trade association in DC because I moved to DC after college. I was a bartender and then I got tired of being a bartender because everybody treated me like I was fucking stupid and mm-hmm. it used to just really piss me off. Um, but it was great money. I had a great time and it is very true. People do sit there and tell you all their problems. There's a lot of lonely people out there. Um, Um, And then I worked for this trade association for the biotech industry. I know, completely random. Um, And everybody there had their... random is German and Arkansas. (laughs) Right. I'm full of of random. Full of random. Full of random. And then everybody there had their law degree, right? Because they were lobbyists. And, yep. and throughout my whole life, people kept saying, you should be a lawyer, you should be a lawyer. I'm like, I don't want to fucking be a lawyer. Lawyers are like douchey. Like, I don't, I have no <laughs> desire to be a lawyer. Um, and then I just kept like the universe just kept telling me. Yeah. Right. To be a lawyer. Um, so I started looking at master's programs and and I was just not that focused. Um, but I used to volunteer at like domestic violence shelters like you had int- like innate had interest, in interest in some of these things in like so family we always, helping we always do this work with people that are currently soul searching for what they want to do and i'm just inserting this for a second here not to interrupt you but because we are career coaches and talk to people every day about what they want to be and why they want to do it and we started this podcast for the same reason this exact is exactly hey, what we say like if you have attention. an pay attention yeah, the what, universe will, will lead you pay attention 100%. the universe will lead you and also your innate skills or your innate experiences mm-hmm. might dictate what you actually are meant to be doing 100 percent. so at, at that at that point now it's like 1997 um i was dating a guy who was in law school at the time I was working with a bunch of people that had their law degree. I was looking at graduate programs and they were all way too specific for me. And so I was like, all right, well, my conclusion was that the the most versatile graduate degree you could get is a law degree Mm -hmm. because it's always going to give you more money and it's going to be a great education. When in Rome. So I applied to law school. I didn't tell anybody because I was like, I didn't think I was smart enough to go to law school. And I had so many insecurities and so much fucking baggage from my childhood. So I ended up going to applying to law school. And then I got in and I was like, holy shit, what do I do now? And then I went to law school. I went to law school. I had to, I had to go at night. By the time I went back to law school, I was 28 and I worked full time and I went to law school at night. It took me four wow. years. I graduated 20 years ago. In May. <laughs> That's awesome. But I knew when I was in law school, I was like, if I'm going to be a lawyer, I've got to be a divorce lawyer because nothing else is interesting to me. Yeah. And there it was, right? There was mm-hmm. my childhood coming back and... Aha moment. Everything, there it is. That, yeah. everything that you're talking about. And I've been a divorce lawyer for 20 years. So your first real job was the bartender? My first real job was a bartender, which was an extension of like when I was in high school and college, like when I was in high school, I was a busser. I was a bus girl because I used to always did like hospitality. I always did hospitality. I've been a a busser, a server, a cocktail waitress, fine dining. I did um, banquets, weddings. I mean, she has such a great hospitality personality, (laughs) you know, because we always that's usually our next question. Like what was like the 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 life of the party in law school? As well, far as personality goes, I don't mean in a bad way, but collectively, lawyers are not necessarily as lawyers. Not the precarious. coolest people, yeah. generally. Like, no, well, they're not like as charismatic as how you. Yeah, come that's across. what I'm saying. They're, so I feel I feel like they're a little bit drier as a, as a, as a whole. Not to be completely like you know. Yeah, I don't know. But if you have to hang out with lawyers, you, you, you pick divorce lawyers because you can't be a divorce lawyer full time and not have a good sense of humor. Totally, right? Or a good bedside manner. Yeah, Let's yeah. You have to like you really get to people. 
You know, I think what's really interesting is usually our our follow-up question to what did you want to be when you grew up is what was your first job? And so we kind of covered the fact that you started your career in the hospitality business, Mm -hmm. which I think what's so interesting about that to bring it back to career is there is an innate skill. I just had a conversation with a, with a candidate today who I was helping with her resume and she was asking if she was, she should take waitressing off and she's done waitressing at like several places. And literally I have this conversation like once a day. I'm like, no, 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 we do not take waitressing off because waitressing, anybody that's listening, if you have been a waitress, I don't care if you're 53 or 23, it's important to share because not only does it show that you have like an innate, like, ability to balance and, and engage and deal with difficult personalities and, and all of the things. Also, you intuitively know, this is my favorite thing about having been a waitress for a long time. You notice things. Yeah. Is there a cup empty? Do I need to refill it? Yeah. Do I need to clear the plates? Like things that like you have to pay attention, yeah, attention if you to want detail. to earn your your tip. Well, when I, when I was a bartender, I could tell when somebody walked in, I would look at their shoes and I could literally tell by the fucking shoes they were wearing on how difficult or or good of a customer they of a be. customer they were going to be and how well they were going to tip. It's by so their shoes. True. By their shoes. By their shoes. You know, just that intuitiveness of like that's such an important skill that you that you learned at such a young age and then obviously going back to law school and then you graduated and became a divorce attorney so right did away. Did you work at a law firm before going out on your own? Oh, yeah. So I actually I was originally a D.C. Northern Virginia lawyer Okay. for for about five years. And then I had I had gotten married after law school. Um, we had our first kid. And all of a sudden I didn't want to live in D.C. anymore. And I had been in D.C. for 14 years and I was like a Washingtonian, you know, like I loved D.C. I loved the city. I loved the whole area. And then once I had our first child, I was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it, it turns out, again, the universe just provides. I was working at this law firm downtown and the lawyer that I was working for dropped out of a heart attack. Mm. And then the firm closed a year later. And then it was either I took a job, I had some job offers on the table, or we were going to pick up and move to New Jersey. And I knew my I have an aunt and uncle that have lived in Rumson forever, so I was like, I want to be down the shore after being in D.C. landlocked for 14 years. So I had to. So we moved up. We sold our house. We moved up here. We had one child. Um, I had to retake the bar and start my career all over in 2006. Wow. So then I worked. I got a job. I took the bar. I had to wait for my results. Got um got a job in Shrewsbury at a local firm in 07. And then in September of 09, I got laid off with the last recession. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was a terrible, terrible, terrible time. time. I know. And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, nobody knows me. Because in the land of lawyer, right, two and a half years in a jurisdiction is like a minute. Um, And I didn't have any work. I didn't have any business. Nobody knew me. Law firms were closing left and right. So my husband's, we had two children at that point. And my husband's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, I guess I'm opening my own firm. Mm. So then my mother took a loan against her 401k and gave me 50 grand to open my own firm. And I had eight cases, which is not a lot at all. Um, And I bartered for my desk and I opened a law firm. Actually, in this building, on this floor, was a small two-room office that I had. Wow. And that was in October 1st of 2009. And how many people work for you now? Now I have nine employees. Wow. That's pretty awesome, man. Also That's in a this good building. Story. Also in this building. Yeah, so I'm in because the front of the building. I just moved my office right, So space. in true Scorpio form, <laughs> you are still attached to home. And didn't necessarily want to move your office somewhere randomly. Well, you know, it's funny because that was my the the move I just had September one has been my third move in this building. Right. 
you're stay where you're comfortable. Of course you do. Interesting. Is very, that why, yeah, is that why I won't sp- upgrade my house to? Well, that, Marissa, part, that part I can't get into. Because like, I just can't. <laughs> that part I can't get into. Um, that's a that's a real estate conversation. And right now it's just not. I, I know. Mean, come on. No, it's not. So t- now that we've caught up, okay, tell us about your firm and what, you're, what you do day to day. I know obviously most people out there know what a divorce attorney does, but like in the grand scheme of things, but like you obviously have different things that you offer. We talked about this even briefly the day that I saw you. Is it like mediation? Is it, what are, is, what is it that you're filling your days doing? So my days are filled with, so I represent individuals. I represent just as many men as I do women. People always ask me like, do you only represent women? I'm like, no, Oh God, no. Um, because I like the, the difference between how men and women handle their divorce Mm -hmm. and I need the variety. Mm -hmm. Um, My actually, I don't care about their gender. I just care that I'm not representing the douchier one, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Right. So it's like somebody's a complete fucking asshole. I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't take your case. No. Yeah. Yeah. Too busy. Has that happened to you before? Oh my God. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, That's really just like my only, my only test is like, do I like them? Can I get behind them? And has COVID really upped your... Oh, my or? God. Oh, my God. COVID put everybody that was on the verge like right over the cliff. Yep. And we are busy as fuck. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Really, really, really busy. So I represent individual clients, men and women, in their divorce. So I go to go to court and have the fights, which I do. I really do enjoy fighting. Um, I love <laughs> me a good argument. It's really it feeds my soul. It really does. Um, I have a few you could do for me. Like, <laughs> I have a couple arguments. I have a couple arguments that I need your help with. Horizon for me. I feel like you'd be good at that. Yeah, totally. Um, I do love a fight worth having. And then I also have another part of my practice, which is a natural extension of my practice, where I'm the mediator. I'm the neutral third party who helps people make a deal right mm-hmm. so and i and the, like your parents yeah right so your parents how does that how does that suit you oh i love it because again it's a nice change to the fighting and if people can proceed with mediation out of the gate right so so when you file for divorce you're filing a lawsuit you're suing the other spouse for divorce and family court Right. And then the only way you can get divorced is by either having a trial and putting on witnesses and testimony. The judge decides who gets what. Or you, most of the time what we do is we enter into is what's called a settlement agreement. It's a 25 page contract it says who gets what, where are the kids on Christmas, Hanukkah, birthdays, Mother's Day, Father's Day. It reduces your whole marriage to like a 25 page document, which can be very disconcerting for people, understandably. And when you file for divorce, there's a couple of like mandatory try to resolve your case events that the court makes you have before they'll they'll let you go to trial. One of them is mediation. So if people are on the same emotional page, like, okay, we're not I'm not happy about it, but we're gonna get divorced, and everybody accepts that they're getting divorced, they will start mediation out of the gate before anybody files. That's what they start with. That's like step one. That So they just like they skip that six to eight months of litigation initially and jump right to mediation. And so that that's where I come in. So people come to me with lawyers that are in the middle of litigation process or I have a lot of what I call private mediations where the people just come to me without lawyers and they're like, we're getting divorced and, you know, help us help us make a deal. But yeah. I do really enjoy it. I really do enjoy that as well. Well, I would feel like. In layman's terms, it's almost like a Sudoku puzzle where you're just helping the other see the other's point of view without being elevated or emotional about it. So actually that... Or hurting one another. Right. So so, (laughs) this is what I always say. Opposites attract. 
until they repel. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when they repel is when they get divorced. And what happens is when they repel, they're no longer speaking the same language or speaking two different languages. Sure. So I always tell them, I'm like, I'm like your translator because people are hearing things through their own filters for whatever their childhood trauma was or whatever their emotional buttons are that are getting pushed. And I go, no, 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 stop talking. This is what he's really trying to say. And he'll be like, thank you. And then I do the same, you know, right. just to try to like get everybody on the same page. There is a little yeah. bit at Marissa and I say this all the time. We are um, recruiters, career coaches, however you want to call us. But we are therapists in a lot of our day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sure you feel the same. Well, d- the divorce process is very therapeutic. Yeah. Yeah. Cathartic. It's very therapeutic. People have to deal with their shit. Because it all comes up. And the majority of times, people recreate their parents' marriage for better or for worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I find, I think it's interesting. I say this all the time, not just about my own upbringing and divorce, child of divorce. I feel like you either try to emulate your parents exactly or you're trying to be the exact opposite of them. Like, depending on where you're at in your life. Like, I see myself every single day, if I were to actually dig deep, ensuring that I'm never going to get divorced. Because I know what it was like for me. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And then like my husband's parents, my in-laws are still happily married. Like forever. Forever. But they are immigrants and they are extremely old school. Mm -hmm. So like I also see Dave doing things that are like legit, like textbook opposite of his parents. Just even though they're happily married because he knows that that's just not what works for our marriage. So I just think it's so interesting to hear you say that. Like you either... That I, I love your quote of opposites attract until they repel because um, I think isn't that what marriage is just trying not to repel? <laughs> well, listen, I mean, like my husband is very opposite of me, yeah, right. Like he's a pleaser. He's he's the middle child who was a pleaser, and then he marries a total boat rocker, right? And you know, it, it I've seen works. I've seen his moves <laughs> on the dance floor. <laughs> I mean, it does work for the most part because we do balance each other out. But I mean, please, there's times where you know. I think about giving him the shush pillow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, don't we all? I mean, if, you've been, mar- if you've been married long enough, then you've definitely you know thought the about shush, the shush you pillow. You know about the shush pillow. Um, okay. So we talked about your aha moments a little bit too. And I, I really loved what you were saying about the universe gifting you those moments. Because I think one of the things we try to implore people to think about is, you know, taking that that kind of mental pause to listen to the universe and be like, what is it that it's t- trying to tell me? But also my, your innate gifts. Like you had an innate gift for hospitality, for making people feel comfortable, for speaking publicly. These are things that are your innate skills. Like if you were to actually list them out. So our next question is about your superpowers. So we believe that everyone, every single person has something that they bring to situations that no one else can bring. Hmm. Um, for inspiration, Marissa and I always, we always um, tell ours because I think it's important for people to hear them, but also so that it gives you a little bit of food for thought. So mine is sparkle. So I believe wholeheartedly that I bring sparkle and joy and shininess to everything that I do, both in physical items and, 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 you know, images and branding for my own firm to a situation, a a situation. I'm always going to be the one with the joy, the cheerleader, the sparkle. And I think I'm not saying that other people can't emulate that, but it's just Jamie. That's who I am, you know? So, and Marissa's is intuition. It's something that she's just innately 
and it's Marissa's intuition. It's not anybody else's. Mm-hmm. It's her ability to see the right thing to do, the right thing to say, the, you know, the right course of action. So what would you say is your superpower? Like, how would your friends describe you? Who is Jen in your group of friends? What is your thing that you think people would say you bring that no one else can bring? Oh, God, I don't know. I, I do know that all of my friends say, my like my college friends that have known me for 35 years are like, of course you're a divorce lawyer. <laughs> you've been you've been arguing for 35 years. You've been giving advice for 35 years. Mm-hmm. You've been protecting your friends for 35 years. Of course you're a divorce lawyer. Um, but that could be a superpower. Yeah, I, I don't know. Being able to protect the, those around you. Yeah, I mean, I would say uh, the, I, the 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 one thing that I that I acknowledge that I'm really good at is um, kind of reading situations mm-hmm. and and being very strategic in how I approach something. So when a client comes into me, I'm I'm talking about the personalities. I'm like, I get I get a read on them, and then I ask about their spouse's personality, and then I ask about their parents, and then I ask about their spouse's parents because I start to like form a picture in my mind on the personality types that I'm going to be dealing with. Yeah. And then I will form a strategy moving forward. Like I'll say, Oh, okay. So your husband's really controlling. So I'm going to have to set up this deal. So he thinks it's his idea. Mm. Oh my God. I'm obsessed. <laughs> right. So like, like this. So, so I, I, I want to say I've sat in this chair 70 times. We 70 learned, times. We learned yesterday. This is our 71st episode. Out of everything that we have done. This is the only thing other than the school part that I think I could do. Mm. But being a divorce attorney, I don't I couldn't do the the where you lose me is the contract, like in all the noise, like the legal part. But the, the law strategizing <laughs> with people and the mediation yeah. and the hearing and the doing and the seeing uh-huh. and the cultivating uh-huh. and the families and the structure. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, that's me. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. That's what I do with job search. It's so similar. It is like I can't. Help well, yeah, because you're like building a picture. I mean, right? I like you're, you're building a picture of somebody. A thousand percent. Yeah, yeah. I've said for I don't get to talk about this that much, but like when someone will come in, remember when I used to go to the office? I do. So remember, <laughs> I would, and we used to have this really. It's such a funny thing to actually say used to because it was such a huge part of our life. But like we had this interview room oh my that gosh. was smaller than this table. Okay. Like literally, we'd sit with these people. Like it would be me like pre-COVID. And, like, I'm straddling a stranger, like <laughs> completely on top of them, dripping. I would be totally fine with that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm sure. I've been married for 20 years. So, so yeah. you'd be like, hello. Change it up. Let's so, go. Let's so, go. Yeah. <laughs> so sure enough, we would have these meetings and like people would come in and I would have them sized. Right. Like, oh, they think they're so good at what they do. I'm like, I know that this is what they're going to say. And I'm like, I know yes, what the yes, is going to be. Yes, you um, can see it. Yes. I'm sure I know their astrology sign because that's like a fun little thing that uh-huh. like I would do for like my own personal uh-huh. enjoyment. And sometimes I'd be like, so like, are you an Aries? You know, it's funny because <laughs> I do have clients in the past that have been like, are you a Scorpio? Oh, yeah. I, I'm like, I mean, I love I'm like, Scorpio. Yeah. So like, you feel Scorpio to me right away. Really? Yeah, but I thought you were cuspy because when you're between two signs, it makes a lot of sense that you would be like a bartender and then like a hospitality person and then like also interested in going to law school. Mm. Like That just know, seems and, like one big continuum to me. Like, mm-hmm. Right, like for you, it's normal. Yeah. But like for most people, it would be like, it's two different sides of their personality. So usually if people are born on like 19 to 22, they have multiple personalities. 
Yeah, professionally. You know, I I think Sorry. I, 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 I actually know. I will tell you, I do have saying. multiple personalities when I practice. Right. Because sometimes you have to be a listener. Sometimes, sometimes be I'm being therapy. I'm being a therapist. Sometimes I'm I'm telling my client to shut the fuck up and pull your head yes. out of your ass. Yes. Other times I'm like flirting with my adversary. Other times I'm telling my <laughs> adversary to go fuck yourself. Yeah. Sometimes I'm <laughs> sucking up to a judge. Sometimes I'm going down a judge's throat. Like it really depends on this on my read of the situation on what's going to be the most effective avenue for me to achieve what I'm trying to achieve. I'm obsessed. Obsessed. <laughs> Sorry. Obsessed. Same. And also, like, this is literally divorced Mar- parents. This is divorced parents. <laughs> yeah. This is literally what Marissa and I do. It's like, listen, today alone. Like, I'm sweaty. Like, I'm, like, I'm like excited. I, I'm like you didn't film me the last time. I'm Can you totally go to the right sorry, side? No, no, sorry. don't. No, you have a heavy pour. Oh, sorry. You, uh, you like, got the refill already. There's like a sip in there. I'm really sorry. Okay. I drank all of it. It's okay. So, this today alone, I had a conversation with a a career returner, as we call them, like a, somebody coming back to work. Like, like. <laughs> Why is that funny? Is it not a good word? Because we're working on our words. The returner is not actually not what we decided on. I forget what we decided on. Come like, back. Oh my God. That was really, that has such a negative connotation, what, by returner? the way. Yeah. Okay. So come are back. You, are you in a dark, you're in a dark place with that word. Okay. I know where she is. Oh, and that's the wine. I'm getting red. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. So somebody that's coming back to work after being gone for a while. <laughs> okay. Well, that is not the connotation that I got, by the way. I thought that you were talking about a person that was constantly switching careers. No. This is somebody who is coming back to the workforce after not working okay. for a long time. Okay. Um, like a comeback. Like a, comeback. a lot of my clients. Yeah. Okay. So I talked to somebody like that. And then I talked to a junior in college. Same day. Back mm-hmm. to back. It is... The same conversation. So what you were saying is being able to read the situation, understand their woes, mm-hmm. try to figure out what it is that they need. And that is what Marissa and I now have been doing for the last few years through COVID is coaching people on what the hell to do. No one knows. So my my favorite analogy, I might use divorce attorney now moving forward. My favorite analogy is a housekeeper. OK, you can easily clean your own home. You can. But if you have a couple extra bucks, you might hire someone to do it for you. Okay. You're, I'm starting to get further and further from that because that's a luxury. You cannot get a divorce without a divorce attorney. My theory at this point is it is almost impossible to figure out the job search process without help. You need someone to help you. Right. So how do you hire? Because I don't think it's innate. How do you hire your staff? Yeah. How have you found your people? Oh, my God. So I'm not a good person to ask this question because most of my people found me. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I swear to God, I put the energy out there and it was it, it, it like but that's the answer, though. You, you know, put the my my I, I was very clear on what I wanted. But like one of my I have three associates, I have three lawyers that work with me. One of them, I had used to do mediation for her and then she had quit her job and had a baby. And two years later, she called me and was like, you used to be my mediator. Can I come work for you? And I said, yes. And then Networking had, when, the least when you... Net, right? Networking the most when you need the least. Okay, go And then next. I had an associate. I have another associate who was a law clerk for a judge that during his clerkship, I used to appear in front of her a bunch of times. And then he sent me his resume and he came in to talk to me. I was like, I really don't want to hire a baby lawyer. Like, I don't have time for this shit. And he's like, no, 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 you're hiring me. And I was like, okay. So then I hired him. And then I have another lawyer that I had been against her a couple of years ago. I ran into her in December. I was like, how are you? And she's like, I'm going to be leaving where I'm at. Um, I'm looking. Can I call you? And I said, yes. 
And then so I by the her. way, those those three examples are exactly what we tell people to do all the time is to be networking and talking and thinking and and be focused on like what you want and be very clear on what it is that you're looking for. Yeah, because it's like a vibe. It's an energy. Well, I always say all the time your vibe attracts your tribe. 100 percent. So tell us. What inspires you? Like you obviously have to, I think what your work is interesting to me because it's, I I don't know if I've ever really thought of it this way, but like, I think of like a NICU nurse, for example, or like Mm -hmm. there's certain jobs. You're like in it with people. That you have Mm -hmm. to really almost Mm -hmm. be bubbled up, emotionally bubbled up. Like you can't let it in, especially as a child of divorce. I'm sure it gets cloudy. Like when I, I have a girlfriend who's a NICU nurse and I'm like, how do you not, and a mom. How do you not correlate? Like what goes, you know, so what inspires you? What keeps you going and helping these people? And what do you call on for inspiration? Because you have to have it come from somewhere. Like you have to, how do you keep going? It's tough to watch people go through this kind of stuff. Okay. So I I find it really fun. Mm. I really do. I mean, it it might sound dark and twisted. No, it's not. I mean, like I said earlier, I do love to get my fight on. Mm -hmm. It has to be a fight worth having. And then I'm all in. And then I'm going to fucking slit your throat and I'm going to enjoy it. Like, I get really aggressive. Mm -hmm. That's definitely a side of me. But if I really, like, take a step back and you look at it from a high level, the way that I see that what I do is I help people have a better life. <laughs> I help people have a happier life. When they come to me, they are have been unhappy for at least five years. This because, is what we say all the time about the people that come to us. Right. Yeah. They come to us unhappy. Yeah. yeah. So they're unhappy. And they and, and for in my world, they've been unhappy for at least five years because normally there's some major life event that happened five years before. There's about a five-year shelf life of living unhappily married before somebody calls me. Mm. That's just one of the patterns that I've seen. So, or that I see over and over. It could be a job change. It could be the death of an immediate family member. It could be yeah. the birth of a child. It could be some hard major move. To sustain those big life changes. Big life changes. And then what happens is something like shifts and then there's a slow downhill. And then the last two to three years, there's a much quicker downhill slide of the marriage. And then they, th- then they call me. But what my favorite part of being a divorce lawyer, aside from the fighting, is like the emo- the the divorce process is like a mandatory emotional growth spurt. Like there's no way around it. Mm. And growth is really painful. But what's really cool for me and where I get a lot of satisfaction is the client that comes in to talk to me today is not the same person I'm going to get divorced a year from now. And I always tell them that in the consult and they look at me like I'm fucking crazy. And I'm like trying to sell them the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm like, I'm fucking telling you. And then at the divorce hearing a year later, I'm like, what I tell you? Remember when I said that? And they're like, I didn't believe you. But they really come out completely different. Mm. They're, like, they're stronger. They're stronger. They're clearer. They, they, they're like, I don't even recognize who that person was because they've grown so much emotionally. And I'm like, okay, go have a happy life. Yay. Out of the nest. Mm. Out of the nest. There you go. You know, That's and it's literally what we it's do. so I love cool. It so much. You know what? I it's really fun. Couldn't agree with you more. I, I I find inspiration to answer my own question. I think we all are cut from the same cloth in that we find inspiration in watching our clients find joy. Yes, and, and, and I get to be part of the process. Yeah. yeah. Same. Do you stay in touch with your people? So it's oh my God. So are are you you're like psychic or something. Yeah. Yeah, you're like is, reading yeah. my mind. So every December. <laughs> I mean, hello. Yeah. So every December, and we were just talking about this today. Every December, I have a client party. 
where well, I all the good fight. Ones. Now, you, now you're in, now you're a matchmaker. You're like, so, oh, actually, I No, so so every December I have a client party where I invite all of my former clients and all of my current clients, and I get a DJ and food. And beer it. and wine, the signature drink, and I'm usually the drunkest one at the party. <laughs> and I just throw a big party. So people that I got divorced like 10 years ago, seven years ago, five years ago will show up. And I'm like, oh, my God. You know, it's like seeing a family member that you haven't seen because it's a very emotionally intimate relationship that I have with my clients. Yeah. And I get to hear how they're doing. And a lot of times they'll bring their new person. And it's just it's so fun to reconnect with them now. To your point about matchmaking, a lot of times they're like making out and I'm like, dude, don't fucking tell me. Like, I don't want to know. <laughs> yeah. I already know way too much about all of you mm-hmm. on a very intimate and personal level. I know where all your bodies are buried. Um, but yeah, there has been some matchmaking. I bet. And yeah, but it's really funny because everybody in the room I've represented. So they're all swapping stories. They're all roasting me. Oh my God, this time that Jennifer said this. And it's all very fun. And then. But they're sharing an intimate experience that you were the centripetal force behind, Mm. right? So it's so special. Well, it's like I'm the common denominator and it's cool. Like, so I'll grab uh, the last party I had pre COVID, I grabbed a current client who was in the middle of the room just crying because she was like, I can't believe I'm getting divorced and I can't believe I'm at a divorce party. (laughs) And she was crying. And I, I grabbed a client that I had gotten divorced like five or six years before and I introduced them because they had the same story. Mm. And I was like, okay, tell her where you were sleeping the last two years of her marriage. And she was like, oh, I was sleeping on the living room floor. And then my current client was like, oh my God, I've been sleeping on the couch for two years. I'm like, there you go. Okay. All right. Go, chat. go talk. Go talk. <laughs> and then I'll, I'll connect them. So the ones that are all the way through it already will pull the other one through. And then I, that's, that's also why I have a divorce support group. I love that. I see you advertise that, actually. Yeah. Because I'm a, a geek and read all of the local publications, and I see yeah. you advertise that part. And I think that's really, really nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you have to be in the right mindset. Not everybody is comfortable in a group support like environment. Yeah, I agree. But I think I think that's an awesome thing that you offer as an extension. It's Where do you host extension. it? At your office? So, no. Oh, God, no. I don't talk at it at all. I hire a therapist. The therapist runs it. I, I, okay. It's been over Zoom the last few years for COVID, but actually November, we're starting to go back in person. Good. It's actually at the church, like two doors down from me. Um, right here on Broad Street on like, uh, I don't know, I don't know. It's one it's one night a month from like 7.30 to 9. I hire the therapist. I go, I bring the snacks, the decaf coffee. I say hello so people can see that I'm a divorce lawyer and I have all my teeth. And then <laughs> and then I leave <laughs> and just let them, right? Because the divorce process can be very emotionally alienating. It can be just be very a very lonely process because you don't only divorce your spouse, you're divorcing friends, friends pick sides, this family from your spouse, you don't have them anymore. It can be very lonely. Um, and I know that if my mother, again, back to my childhood, if my mother had had that kind of support, um, it would have really helped her. So to, you know, first of all, your mother seems to have done a phenomenal job. (laughs) So kudos to her. I'll tell her. Um, but I think that I heard your radio show, as my mom would say. (laughs) What's a podcast? As as difficult as it is to relate, that generation just didn't have the same tools that we Mm -hmm. all had. Right. It wasn't acceptable in 1970 to get divorced. No. And I mean, granted, my mom got divorced much later, but it was also not as acceptable Mm -hmm. because people in suburbia left her out. They yeah. didn't know how to include her. They didn't know how to be friends with someone that didn't have yeah, a partner. Yeah, but you know what else, Marissa? 
they're afraid they're going to catch the divorce. Of course, because that's what the Mm. 80s and 90s were like. No, it's still like that. Yeah. And what happens is people still are not supportive of their friends when they're. Yeah, 100 percent. I I hear it all the time from my clients. And also, I always people don't know how to be there for you. Well, and they're also afraid that they're going to catch the divorce bug. Mm -hmm. And they're also a lot of them are busy hiding, Mm -hmm. pretending like they have happy marriages. Yeah. Well, I always joke. I didn't expect to have this be able to come up today. So my husband and I are together 20 plus years and married. How many guys? 16. 16. And you can't buy an anniversary card anymore for anybody married 15 years or more. It's like. We have the bad times. You know, it's like, I know I don't say this that often. Like, it's all like, and we, we're a very big card family. But the sa- same with like the mom cards. It's like, I should tell you I love you more and, or, or whatever it is. And I'm like, I tell my mom I love her like four times. Like, like you realize that you're the majority. Expressive. Yes. I'm saying the, the anniversary cards. Yes. When you've been, it's either I love you. I want to rip your clothes off. Not appropriate. Right. That's not appropriate for 15 plus years. Like, I don't want to send you that card. I want to send you a card like, you know, we're in this together and I'm appreciative of you. And like, we have all this good stuff together. And it's like one card and it's like wrinkly on the corner and like and spilled <laughs> out in CBS and you like bend down to get it. Anyway, my point is, it's not easy being married a long time. No, it's not. <coughs> no, it's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. It's really hard. And I'm sorry, but there are people who be like, oh, my God, my parents have been married for 78 years. And I'm like, that sounds horrible. That yeah, sounds horrible to me. I'm sorry, because but it sounds horrible. Yeah, they probably barely spoke the whole marriage. Um, okay. Shout out so, to anyone that's been married for 78 years. Yeah, shout out to you. We're okay. just jealous. We're just jealous. Sorry, um, this is, these are all of our old ones. Wait, married 78 years and still having sex, okay? Like, okay, let's, that's let's qualify that's it that's because just married 78 years of people ignoring their problems and living separate lives, no thank you. Yeah, I agree. True. So, what do you have a mantra, by the way? Do you ever say, like, any sentence no. thing? No. Anything? No. Nothing. No. I liked what you said before, though, that was, I meant to write it down, <clears> like... Um, well, the repel thing I liked, but there was something else that was like things you always say. I mean, Marissa and I say to to keep the moment, like the momentum going in our careers and our relationships with our candidates. There are certain things we always say, like we said a couple tonight, network most of at the least, dream big, you know, say yes. Oh, but yeah. you mean things I say to my clients? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, God, yes. I've got a whole list of those. So well, what's your favorite? Do you have any? Um... I can't help who you married. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're, he's not going to get better. He's, his personality is not going to change just because you're getting divorced. His personality is not going to get better just because you're getting divorced. I can't help who you married. Mm. And then I'll say, and then I'll usually will say, listen, go deal with your father issues. Like, I don't know what you want me to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, that's, 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 that's really kind of yeah, how I talk to my client. Oh, God. What If you had any advice for like, Somebody out, you know, a lot of our listeners, this is a career podcast at the end of the day. So our listenership, which by the way, brag, Ming was pretty proud of us, I have to say. We, He's just being nice. No, he was pretty proud. No, that was real. I did, I, we do not look at our at our stats really because it's not that I don't want to know who's listening, listen, but I- You got to know your numbers, girl. I know. So we, we know what they are-ish, but yesterday I looked at them for real because I was 
trying to gather and tag everyone that's ever been on the podcast, which was, by the way, a huge undertaking. And that's um, why she does it and not me. It was absurd. I don't do So that. I'm like scrolling through and I'm proud to say that we have over 20,000 listens in 50 countries. Wow. 71 episodes today. Cool. Um, and that doesn't include our Facebook Live views. So when we're on Facebook Live, there's a couple people listening each minute. And then the oh, over- there's Miss Melissa's comment. Oh, hi. Um, love Jen. So I, I feel like they know her as Miss Melissa. Miss, we know her as Miss Melissa. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I am not related to Kirk McCaskill. I didn't even know that like that was from Facebook Live. I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, no, we are not related to Kirk. Um, but our Facebook Live views also increase those numbers. So we're just thrilled that to be able to touch people in this way in whatever way that we can. Um, but our listeners are job searchers, are people looking for career inspiration. Do you have any advice for people out there that are trying to figure out what kind of law they might want to practice? You know, a young attorney, a young associate that's like, how do I find myself a gen as a boss? Like, what kind of advice would you give to those out there that are currently trying to figure out if this might be their path? So one of the things I actually going back to do, I have things that I say often to my clients. Mm. Um, and actually, I say this to anybody who's kind of fence sitting or who is kind of unclear Mm-hmm. on what it is that they want, whether it's career or marriage or divorce or kids or whatever it is. Um, I always say, close your eyes mm-hmm. and let's pretend that I'm a genie <laughs> and that I have a magic wand that works and you can have any life that you want and everybody will be fine with it, right? Because everybody's got these filters from like, my parents wouldn't approve or my sister wouldn't approve or I don't think I'm smart enough or or I can't possibly do that or whatever limiting beliefs that they have because of their shit from their childhood, right? Ultimately, I say, all right, if I have a magic wand, close your eyes, poof, you can have it any way that you want it and everything will be fine. Everything will work out. What does it look like? Yeah, ta-da. And then, and then they're like, oh, and I'm like, okay, just like, just think of it in that way, like that everything will be fine. You can have it any way that you want it because I have a magic wand. What does it look like? What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Are you staying married? Are you getting divorced? Are you having a kid? Are you, you know, like whatever, whatever the issue is. Yeah. I actually really love that advice. And we say similar things to our people. It's like, that's why we call ourselves the dream catchers. We really believe that everyone we come in contact with, whether a small business trying to grow or a, somebody looking for work, you're chasing a dream. You're trying to figure out what is that magic wand? Mm-hmm. What is the dream? What am I doing? Like, what, is, what am I put on this planet to even do? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, so much of our work with people is, yeah, it's tactile. It's your resume. It's your LinkedIn. It's your interview skills. But it's it's really about what, when you close your eyes at night, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. What is it that you're chasing? So I think what you're saying is resonates a lot with me about um, about what, how we kind of approach our candidates and clients as well. So I love that. So our favorite question, our last question, which you didn't know the answer to, and you're like, what the hell is I branding? I don't even know what that means. So <laughs> we as the Dreamcatchers are, are very into our brand. Like, what is the Dreamcatchers? What do we do? We are career coaches. We are, you know, um, experts in job search. So we are also believers in kind of surrounding ourselves with others who do incredible work. That's why we interview people on our podcast. We have what we call a brand crush on Jen McCaskill Law, right? We think what you yes. are doing for your brand. And how therapeutic is it for you to be able to share with with this audience? And, and you know, we'll record this and you can send it to a client. I mean, you know, 
to, you know, to people in Arkansas. Like, I mean, it's like, important to be able to kind of like tap into your storyline. I think it's really I mean, fascinating. I, I do too. And I really think that it's important to surround yourself by Batrox tribe, right? I, Marissa and I are strategic on who we invite on this podcast because we need to actually have a, a brand crush, as we call it, on what you're doing, right? In my opinion, as an outsider, not neighbor, not friend, not beach club friend, you do all the right things for your brand in the in the community. You place your ads, you sponsor like a an article that Marissa and I both geek out and read, like the journal and all the like local magazines. Yep. Jen does like a letter from Jen Jennifer at the beginning right, or uh, um, yeah. advice from an attorney. So I think you're, you're invested. Doing, yeah. You're invested in yourself. You're doing all the right I think things that's for your brand. Amazing. Yeah. I also always tell this story when it comes to her. During COVID, was it COVID? Yeah. She would offer her office yep. out on, you know, Facebook or like working moms or whatever mm-hmm. and say, if you need to get out of your house, you can come to my office. Because you're going to merge her, your husband, because everyone's in the same. Yeah. Yes, no, she, yes. But she would say, like, just come use my office if you need to print, if you need to make a phone Wi-Fi, call. Yeah, We're like six need, yeah. feet away. Like, I'm completely not near you. You can come in anytime. She's telling strangers, like, she'll leave them the key. Sorry, landlord. Like, any of that stuff. Yeah. And to me, I mean, granted, our kids are in the same grade and she's always made me laugh and she posts really funny things. And, you know, she's always good for a quick anecdote when you're passing by the cabana. But like that stuck with me. Yeah. Because like, like who does that? I agree. You do. <laughs> and I almost took you up on it because yeah. I was like going a couple on people my did. board. A couple people did. Like I was Go like, ahead. I don't have my printer. I, I need like Wi-Fi or whatever. Like you're always the first to say, hey, listen, I have power. Come get it. You know, or if you 100%. need to charge your phone, I think there was also a blackout in the midst of there it. There was. And you offered it then. And I just I just feel like people there. We all are in a sea of noise. Mm-hmm. Right. And you can sometimes notice when somebody rises to the surface. Yeah, I agree. And you do that. So I, I think it's awesome. Yeah. I think it's awesome, too. And I think so as far as the question, who is your brand crush? Um, do you find. Whether it's local or not, like, is there anyone that rises to the top for you? Anybody that rises to the top makes your family function better. You know, we like to shout people out because we think it's fun to have our listeners maybe follow them or look them up. Or so is there anyone that you would consider to be a brand crush, like somebody that you just think kills it as far as how they run their ship? No. <laughs> I mean, like my mind doesn't work this way. So I get it. it's more like I'm coming from a place of ignorance. Because okay, so I, I'm, I'm going to redi- not... let me redirect okay. the, the witness or rephrase the question. I'm going to rephrase the question okay. in a way that's a little bit more Scorpio friendly, okay. like layman, okay. one dimensional. Scorpio friendly. <laughs> Do you depend on any particular store, restaurant, venue that enriches your day to day life or makes it more simple? Yeah, like is there anything you couldn't live without? Locally, that you uh, would uh, want to like take a minute and like shout out. Like, because there's a lot like of people the listening. Dry, like the dry clean. Like anyone in your life that runs a small business that you support regularly and they make your life better. And they're all listening now, by the way. Oh, Sansu. Love there you go. There's a brand crush. I can't live without my spicy tuna pizza. Wait, so literally, when I come home, right? I come home late. I, work, I literally I said to Dave, really order the sushi. Hours. I'm picking it up on the way home. I came home last night. My husband's like, well, we have leftovers, or I could make you a quesadilla. My husband is very nurturing and oh, kind. I love your husband. Um, which is great because I present as a person who doesn't need any of it. 
and he sees right through all of it mm-hmm. and he's like okay tough guy um what do you need you know and he, he so he's like what do you want to eat and i was like i don't want this i don't want that because i'm i'm high maintenance which i'm sure is going to be quite a shock um and i was like oh. and then he goes do you want sand too i'm like yep Yep, always want It's like always, always like a guaranteed. Want. And then everybody in my house is like, I want this, I want this, I want this. I think we order from Sansu probably two nights a week. At least. See? Sansu is and our local right, for those that listen. It's right down the street. It's our, it's our local sushi place. And to be honest, it's excellent. Like, yes. it's not just like good like for fair hibachi. even. It's yeah, you so can get a bachi. It's so bachi. So that's a great that brand crush. It's just somebody that you can't live without. I can't like, live without Sansu. They do it right. See, now you got it. There I you got, got it now. Now, got that, it. now that we've turned your light on, is there anyone else you'd like to throw in the mix? It could be larger. I think I'm going to change our questions to define that a little bit better for people. Yeah, because I, I thought that you meant like like a business to business. Like, do I like how somebody else brands or something? Like, no. I was confused. But I'm a lawyer, though, so I'm an yes, overthinker. Yeah, I'm an overthinker. It. But it's no. good to know. It's good feedback because I think I in, just, in our questions. I'm looking for like what shopping cart you have open on your phone. Amazon. Yeah, mm-hmm. me too. Same. Well, my children go in and they add shit to my cart. I almost. OK, this you is can about do that, by the way. This is during COVID. Because I'm constantly ordering stuff. Me too. Right? All day. Like, just constantly. I think of it and I'm like, okay. Same, all day. Wait, so I go into my shopping cart to order, like, I don't even, like, new pair of Spanx. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> Spanx is my one of my brand crushes, by the way. If you know the way that it was built and her don't whole interrupt story. Her, so I totally mean shapewear when I say Spanx, but yes. yes, I love her story. Agreed. Love her story. Um, I wear Spanx every day, by the way, even during COVID, because for me, it was like a mindset thing. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so I was sitting my fat ass in front of the computer on Zoom, fucking trying to like argue, which is so different <laughs> on Zoom. I'm like, oh my God, I feel thinner. By the way, I think you had your, I think you picked up your like language skills in Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> I don't feel New Jersey to me at all. I'm just, I just really? want to throw it back. No, really? no I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Oh, you're being sarcastic. <laughs> yes. Um, Oh, and so I go, I go to hit like, you know, check out now and I see that there's like two things in my cart and I'm like, what's in here? Oh my God, it was a $2,000 trampoline uh-huh. that Missy had, my daughter had tried to put in my cart and was just hoping I wouldn't fucking see it. <laughs> Meanwhile, I oh, will Missy, tell you, good job. I will tell you that they got me one time because all of a sudden it was a Friday night. This is also during COVID. I come home from work. It's like eight o'clock at night, eight fifteen. There's like a box on the desk that's from Amazon and it says open immediately. Oh, it's an animal. Trevor ordered a fucking like fish. (laughs) (laughs) Like it was like a it was like a tadpole that was going to grow into a frog or something. And I was like, what the fuck? So then I open it and there's like a bag with water and like a tadpole. And I was like, what is this? And Trevor's like, oh, my God. You ordered my tadpole. I'm like, not on purpose. Yeah, like it was in the cart, bro. So you know that you can do this now where you can create an an Amazon account for your kid. And then when they go to order something, you have to approve it. Yeah, except that, that like, Mike, uh, that. first of all, that's way too technical for me. And second of all, okay. they know my passwords. Like, So this is a problem. It's yeah. a, it's like a I'm really big problem. problem. I ask them what my password is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we know where your shortcomings are. <laughs> just speaking <laughs> of tadpoles, right. I just want you to know we still have one of your guppies. So Jen gave us fish like three years ago and they don't die one died one ate ate the other they don't die then they have babies and eat their babies Uh true story they definitely self-impregnate too (laughs) this feels right for you to have had (laughs) what guppies that don't die their babies like dinosaurs (laughs) dinosaurs dinosaurs they are indestructible yeah like 
actually indestructible. These fish do not die. They self-impregnate. My fish is definitely currently pregnant, and there is no other fish in there to pregnate this fish. It's Jesus. It's it's no, next it's Mary. Level. Sorry, and I'm literally we talk about this all the time in the house. They're like Trevor's fish don't die. Like literally, where like I can't. Like literally, I think Jen posted that she had like a thousand. I literally fish. had like twenty five fish. And I'm like, fish. I'm coming to get fish, and like it's just. And I think I gave you like five fish, and we only have this, one left. The fundamental difference between Jamie and I is Jamie responds and says, "I'm coming to get the fish," and I think to myself, "Who the hell has that many guys?" <laughs> but also, I have the boys. Boys want the I, fish. No, thank you. Yeah, All right, sorry. this was such a joy. Anything that you want to share, say about your firm? Are we invited to the firm's party? Is everyone else invited to the Can we go party? to the divorce party? It's really fun. Should it we bring really matchmaker like friends? Really, matchmakers, really bring okay, our single friends. I will friend. tell you that if your single friends want to come, then you can just text me. But I think that's so nice. Isn't that like, that's like, that's like giving back. Yeah. yeah and, it, and I have it in between Christmas and in between um, Thanksgiving and Christmas because the holidays are very really difficult for, for yeah. divorced people, especially if it's brand new separation. So that's why I time it the way that I do. And I have it. I think it's December 1st, Thursday, December 1st this year. So we'll all crash that. Thank you guys so much for having me. Thank this you has for been such a pleasure. Here. This is such a joy. I love you this. Are you going to go back to work now? Yeah, I have I have to like return some phone calls and I'm half in the bag, but it's okay. It's fine. <laughs> we had a lot it of that. It was the real thing. <laughs> thank you. To, I drank all of it. <laughs> thank you to being in a shared universe. Thank Go Blue. Um, thank you to um Mod39, our partner Love my dress. tonight. You look super cute. And just I liked the way I looked in the camera. Hopefully when I look back on it, I feel the same. And I am a tough critic. Yeah, you are. You look beautiful. Um Thank you. I think this was a joy. Hopefully somebody got a little nugget from this conversation tonight, whether on a personal or professional note. So, hey, and yes. most importantly, if you're going through a bad time, <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, here I come. Here's the mental, mental health day. If you're going through a bad time, there are people out here that can help you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Whether is. it is career you're stuck and you need a new job or you need professional hug or guidance. We consider ourselves career healers. This is a woman that says people call her five years after they're unhappy. So anybody that's out there, you deserve to be happy. It's true. true. So if not a Jen, somebody that Jen could maybe recommend mm-hmm. in your neck of the woods. You should not. We only go around in this world once, as far as we know, and uh, this way. And it should be a happy one as best as we can control. So, you know, be happy. And what'd you say? I can't change who you married. I can't, can't change help. who you married. Can't help you married. I'm lucky who I married. But boy, there's a lot of things we could change. Yeah. <laughs> I can't change who you We married. all feel that way. But he's a Scorpio, so I'm lucky. Yeah. Oh. His birthday's this weekend. That's why yes. I got you. See, we see we're like good. Yeah, I got it's it It's like now. we're almost. You totally know me. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, I'm married. I'm married, married to you. Mar- you're married, married to me. Married you're married to me. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening. And see you soon. Thank you. Good night. Want more from the Dreamcatchers? Check us out, www.thedreamcatchers.life. In the spring of 2020, we launched the Dreamcatchers Web, an inclusive professional membership network dedicated to cultivating community and providing content about career inspiration and making magic. Are you a dream maker looking to inspire or a dream chaser looking for inspiration? Either way, join us today. A portion of our proceeds will benefit the Mental Health Association of Monmouth County because now more than ever, we need to bring light to the darkness. Thank you in advance for helping us lead with light. Everybody's looking for something.